Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Awesome. Hello everybody. Um, I'd like to do something a little different, if that's cool. If you are willing and able, uh, can you close your eyes, raise your hands? And if you know, oh, we just sang it just now, but I just really feel, we're going to sing this again. You are worthy. You are worthy of your name. You are worthy. You are worthy of your name. For you are worthy. You are worthy of your name. And you are worthy. You are worthy of your name, Jesus. Yes, Father, we thank you that you are so worthy of your name. You are worthy of all honor, all praise, all glory is yours. Not because of anything that we have done, but because of everything that you have done, Jesus. We thank you that we get to call out your name in moments like this, Jesus. Because of the freedom that you have given us, the life, the grace, the love that you have shown on us, Father. We get to say that you are worthy. We get to say that you are deserving of all glory, all honor, all praise. And we just give it all back to you right now, Jesus. Have your way. Have your fame. Have your glory in this place. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Yeah, I really just felt that... um, I had something planned last night to share, um, and uh, yeah, I normally have something planned to share, and some of you guys have heard me speak before, I normally never get to it because God just does something different. This happened a lot earlier, as in last night, and I was sharing it with my wife, and she was like, oh, I don't know, and I was also like, oh, I don't know, and um, so I decided I'm actually just going to share my story, and our story about worship, and why we worship, and why we feel this thing so heavy on us about leading people into free spaces of worship. Because um, even like, I'm, I'm so encouraged by what Gabe shared about the testimonies because that, that Wednesday, I had a headache. So maybe it was a little selfish thing and I was like, actually, let's sing about who Jesus is because I want this headache to go. If you want healing, also receive it. And I really feel that that is what worship is about, that before any hand is laid upon you, before any prayer is given, the worship of God utters in the presence and the heavenly realm to come here on earth. And we get to be that gateway that enables the kingdom reality and kingdom principles to be released here on earth so that people realize who the king is. And broken lives will be healed, not because of anything that we've done, but because of everything he's done. And um, I, I want people to experience that same God. I want people to experience that same presence. And one of the first points in my life when I realized God was calling me for worship, I remember it so vividly. I was, I was still living with my parents at that time, and I was um, sitting on my bed, reading my Bible, and uh, the, the door was behind me. 
and I was reading, and just the presence of God came into the room so thick. It was the first time I was petrified to turn around because I honestly thought I was going to see the face of God and die. So all I could do was put my head back down and carry on reading scripture because I was so afraid of the presence in that room at that moment. I was like, God, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can turn around because I'm going to see you. And I don't know if I'm ready. And at that moment, I felt this call of feeling that again, the weightiness and the presence of God and ushering that in so that people can feel his weightiness again and realize who it is that we serve. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He is the creator of all things. He puts our lives together. And when he enters a room, things should change. They have to. Because that's who he is. And when I think about that, when I think about he lives in me, when I enter a room and when I start leading worship, things have to shift and change because that's who he is. And he's put that desire inside of me to stop pushing people to those spaces, to actually go, actually, I don't care what the world says. This is who my king is. This is who my God is. And I get to worship him with everything inside of me. We uh, obviously have a little one, Taylor Nova. She's a bundle of joy, and she is full of energy and runs around. And we're in the process of obviously moving, as uh, Gabe and Mish have mentioned. So our house is empty. It's empty. If you want a toddler to have the biggest fun ever, all you need to do is just empty your house. And apparently it is the best fun she has ever had. All the toys? Who cares? She's got an empty house that she can just run in, smack things, and it echoes everywhere. It's great. So that's what we're doing. But... um. The reason I mention her, one of the things that she started doing is one of my wife and my favorite worship songs is I Raise a Hallelujah. And Taylor knows that now. So when she hears that song being sung at church, her face lights up. She starts smiling and she starts clapping. And I'm sitting and I'm going like, flap. Worship is not something that is just for us as adults. It's not just something that we do on a Sunday for church. It's a reality that is lived out in our daily lives that is caught by the young kids that we are leading, that is caught by people that we interact with every single day. So we would be very foolish to think that was just worship because it's not. We take worship into our everyday situations in our lives and we get to teach it. We get to show other people what worship looks like and how we present ourselves in what we do, in who he is. That's what we get to do. It's got nothing to do with this. So even for me, I sit and I go like, there's moments like that when we sing and there's no music playing that, I, I don't know, for me, there's just something about the presence of God that is on those moments more than when there's this great music in the background. Like that's great and it adds. But when there's voices being raised in unison, then what the scripture says of where there's unity, God commands a blessing has to come true because we're all singing about the same God with the same heart actually going, he is king, he is exalted and high. And that's what is powerful. We just recently went to a, a conference in J-Bay, and Jeremy Riddle led worship. He's phenomenal. He's one of my biggest inspirations in worship. And the first thing he does, he gets up before any song that is sung that is known, he gets up and he just starts singing about Jesus. And the one statement that he made, I sat going, that is amazing. And he said, guys, take every agenda off of the table. Take every thought that you have about what this is going to be like tonight. Your only agenda right now is to love Jesus. And he started worshiping from that space. And I saw a room of a thousand people, hands raised, worshiping the king, loving the king. Before there was any words on the screen, 
loving the king. It was an overflow of their hearts just going, this is who my king is. This is the reality of who he is to me. And I get to worship him and exalt him and lift his name up. And even on one of the, uh, the Saturday, we had this, this um, one of the second year students at Victory. Um, and she started singing, you are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our God. You are worthy to be praised. Everyone was on their knees. There's a guy that was in front of me, probably about 85, 90 years old, battled to get down on his knees, but he got down on his knees and he worshiped. And he started singing, we worship you, we give you all the glory. You're worthy to be praised. And I look at moments like that and I think, actually, that is one of the biggest reasons that we are placed here on earth and we get to walk this walk is so that people can get to see the presence of God here on earth. We are the tangible presence of God here on earth that can impact people's lives because they don't know what it's like to be in his presence, but we do. And if we get to live that out, they get a glimpse of what it's like to be in the presence of God. And actually, that's what we get to do. That's what we get to carry out. We, my wife and I, we we love worship, obviously. We know that we're called to it. I'm going to be a bit vulnerable with a few things. Um, to be honest, I, I, I battled for years because um, I think we get caught up in the state of almost like this um, stereotypical like step ladder of how you get to different places in ministry. So you're kind of like, cool, I'll start off with someone that's in the church, then somebody will notice me, and then I'll start leading a serving team. Then somebody will notice me, and then maybe I'll get into full-time ministry, maybe as a youth pastor. Then maybe I'll become like an elder, and then maybe I'll become like a, you know, the pastor. And like there's that steps that you're taking. It's like, okay, that's where I'm going to get there. And I've battled with that because for years I've said, God, why don't I preach that much? Why am I not preaching that much? Why am I not up there doing that thing? And there was a book I was reading, Breaking Intimidation by um, John Bevere, and he, he makes this statement. He says, why do we place the emphasis on the mouthpiece? Because if the heart of the body dies, so does the mouthpiece. But a body can still survive without speaking. But we are the ones that have placed this emphasis. And for years I've sat going, God, why am I not? Why am I not? Why am I not? Until God smacked me in the face and said, Lee, every single day that you get on that stage and you sing, you are preaching. You are telling people about me. You are teaching. You are admonishing. You are doing that. So actually, that's your platform. Are you okay with that? And I had to get to the stage of going, God, I'm built for worship and I will worship no matter what. No matter how hard it is. No matter if I see other people succeeding in this Christian walk or not. I will worship because that's what you've built me for. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to pull people into that reality. We, we got to lead a couple of youths over the years. Um, it's been great. Um, if ever you want to test your patience and your grace, just work with some youth kids. <laughs> It'll be phenomenal. We, we, we've seen it all. We've heard it all. We've heard every excuse. Once in uh, Durban, we were hosting this inter-youth celebration, and one of the leaders came up to me and said, do you want to like, come for a ride with me? I was like, sure, what are we doing? And she said, um, we j we, we're just going to go find some youths. They, they're ducked off, and they're hiding in some bushes somewhere, and we really don't know where they are. So there we were in a car walk, like driving around the suburb with torches, going, where the heck are these guys? So we've, yeah, we've experienced a lot. But one of the things my wife and I, while we were chatting about the season we're going into in this move, we realized actually youth was never the call. We've been youth pastors and we've been able to do that thing. But even in those spaces, it was worship. When we did worship, stuff happened in those youths. 
I remember there was a youth in Kloof. I'm just going to share some stories and then I'm going to share a scripture. But there's a youth in Kloof that we um, led. And uh, I remember the one youth meeting we had. There was just this worship. My wife and I were like, cool, we're going to worship. And we just started worshiping. And then halfway through the worship, these two young girls ran out crying. And I was carried on and I was like, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> so I looked at my wife and I was like, just go see what's happening. She walks out, she comes back smiling from ear to ear, and she says, it's okay. And I spoke to her after, I was like, well, what was the deal? And she said, those two young girls, probably about 14, 15 years old, they were worshiping, and they realized they were not right with each other. They had an argument that week, and they needed to go sort it out and get right with each other before they can continue worshiping in the presence of God. 14, 15 years old, in worship, realizing, I need to make it right so I can make it right. That's why I worship. That is why I worship. I really feel like when we worship, I take focus off of us. I put it back on God where it's supposed to be. Because I think we get so caught up in this world that is all about me. We get caught up in ourselves. When we worship, focus is back on God. Back where it belongs. So that's why I say this is not worship. Because if this is worship, that's too short a time to give focus back to God. Worship needs to be every day of our lives so we can put focus back on Him every day of our lives. Because we can't do it without Him. Um, I remember um, after our youth in Cleef, we led a youth in Durban North in Harvest. And I might have shared the story before, but it was really powerful and impactful for me. But um, I'd just taken over the youth and there's about 100 kids in the back and they started worship started and there's just this wall like you know like if you've ever led like a a service a meeting whatever it is when there's worship like it's that moment when the worship leader is looking at you and you looking at him or her and you're both kind of going like where we're going and one of you eventually closes your eyes to worship but really it's just to ignore them because you have no clue where you're gonna go or not and you're just like yes lord (laughs) you're gonna do something (laughs) And they just carry on. And this was one of those moments. And the youth was just like hit a wall. And uh, on that, at that season, we had this one of the youth leaders in our, in our team. And he actually was a singer in a hardcore screamo Durban band. I don't advise you go listen to hardcore screamo music. I love it. But I mean, I don't think a lot of you guys would listen to it. But he literally used to scream in the band. That was his role in the, in the band. It was crazy. And while we're worshiping, the worship leader's looking at me. I'm looking at him. I'm going, I don't know where this is going to go. I'm just like, carry on. And he carries on. And next thing, this guy's name, his name was Andrew. It pops into my head. And they're like, get Andrew to scream. And I was like, obviously, that's not you, Jesus. That's just random. So I'm going to carry on worshiping. <laughs> so I just carried on worshiping. And I was like, no, I can't be. Then unknown to me, my wife comes from the corner. She taps me on the shoulder. And she goes, I don't know why, but I felt like Andrew needs to scream. And I was like, get behind me. No, Jesus, that's not you. That can't be right. So I carried on worshiping, and I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens. Maybe, I don't know. And from the back of the hall, all the way to the front, I get a tap on my shoulder. I turn around. It's Andrew. He looks at me, and he goes, I really feel like I need to scream. 
<laughs> so I was like, oh, Jesus, I have no idea what's going to happen. Probably going to lose half of our youth, or they're going to go, go, this guy screamed. And uh, the parents are going to be like, you're not going to that Satan place again. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, Lord, let's just do this. So I was like, cool. You know what? Cool. I got up and I said, guys, this is just a different expression of worship. This is how this guy worships. This is how he expresses his love to God. It's no different to us singing the songs that we do. It's different. It may seem different. Just be open to it. Receive what God has for you and let's see what happens. And this guy gets up. And I don't know if you guys have ever watched a hardcore band. I'm going to try and mimic it now. But they literally do this like power stance vibe. And it's like, and I was like, ooh, he's, he's like looking angry already. And I'm like, and he hasn't even started screaming yet. And he's walking up and down like, <sighs> and I'm like, Jesus, help me. <laughs> so at that point, I was just like, I'm just closing my eyes, not looking at anyone, and let's see what happens. And he begins to scream this thing that God put in his heart. And I turned around, and I saw 100 kids on their knees, tears broken, and the wall was broken down like that in obedience to just something that looks abnormal, that doesn't look the same as what I'm used to, in obedience to that thing, in obedience to God doing something, He will be praised, He will be worshipped, no matter what form it looks like, and even if it looks different to us. So it's weird for me, because I've been in all sorts, and we had a discussion at staff the once. Um, maybe some of you don't know this, and I don't come across as it, but I'm a weird mixture of cultures. So I'm actually colored, but um, my grandfather's also Chinese. So it's a very weird vibe. It's, yes, family reunions is great. So, um, but I've been to colored churches, and you've got like, w some people might, may think this is weird. A colored church, you've got the whole band shoved in a corner, and you've got like 10 people singing. And you have no idea who's leading, because they're all singing. And then one person starts, and you're like, oh, they're leading. And the next song, that one starts, like, oh. Oh, and it's just different, and it may seem different. It may seem uncomfortable to us, but can I actually say this, that in the uncomfortable places, sometimes God wants to use those so that he can be glorified again, so that he can break our mindsets that actually this is not worship. Even this whole thing of what we think culturally is not worship. It is something bigger than we think it is. It's not singing songs and the method that we use to sing the songs or the style that we sing the songs. It's all about God and how he worships and how he wants to lead us and how he wants to draw us in. Colossians 3, we did a series recently on Colossians and there was a verse that spoke to me and I want to read and just give you some practical handles quickly on worship. Colossians 3 from verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with passion, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are, all, you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, get this, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. I shared this at the sevens, and I'm going to share it again, so some of you may have heard this, but um, our little one, Taylor, 
she's learning twinkle twinkle little star at school she doesn't know it yet but um she does the like a diamond in the sky thing but she walks around the house like this and just goes la 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 doesn't know the words doesn't know anything but she knows the actions and i thought about that when i was reading colossians 3 verse 16 about teaching and admonishing one another in psalms hymns and songs of the spirit when we think about teaching automatically, uh, maybe it's me, but automatically I think it's someone that's reading or that's preaching or it's in like a Bible college kind of setting. But here it says in Psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. And I thought about the developmental stages of our kids. We're okay to let them learn the next developmental stage by singing songs like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and learning the actions. Why are we not okay with being taught in worship what our actions need to be in response to a good God. Actually, we need to start realizing worship is not just the platform for the preach, but it's where the preach begins and begins to open our hearts to understand who God is so that our actions can be responded to in the preach and the seed can be sown deep inside of us so that it can grow. And I, I, while I was thinking about that, that thought, I was um, our little Taylor Bear, that's what we call her, she's um, learning the melody of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. So we'll sing it, and straight after we've sang it, she'll go, ba, 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 ba. Doesn't know the words, but she knows the melody. And I thought about that. And a melody of a song, no matter how you play it and what you do, that melody will continually be there because that's how the song is meant to be sung. And I thought about that in correlation with a kingdom dynamic, if we begin to teach and admonish one another in psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, we are singing the melody of heaven here on earth, the way that our lives here need to be lived and should be lived. So when we tap into the presence of God, we begin to sing the melody of heaven on earth so that people can realize, oh, that's how it's supposed to go, not the way that I'm going. So again, that is why worship is crucial. So that we can bring the melody again back in of heaven into our workspaces, our family spaces, the places that we go. So people can look at us and go, why is it so different? Why do you walk differently to us? Why do you sing a different tune to us? And it's like, because I worship a good God. And he's giving me all that I need. And he is actually pushing me to this place. So I want to break it down for you quickly. Psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. When I think of Psalms, I think of David. Um, I don't know how many of you guys know that CrossFit um, joke. How do you know when somebody is doing CrossFit? They will tell you they are doing CrossFit. <laughs> and I thought about Psalms. How do you know when David is upset? He will tell you when he's upset. <laughs> if you read Psalms, it's constantly David going like, my enemies are here and this is what's happening and why have you forsaken me? And it's like that kind of thing. But he goes through this journey and this process in that psalm of realizing his brokenness, then realizing who God is, and at the end singing about who God is. That's this process, this journey. Psalms is a song between you and God, a vulnerability of you ending up in the truth of who he is. So vulnerability and openness of our lives going, God, I'm broken. God, I'm lost. God, I need you. Ending up and resulting in the truth of who he is that he is protector, he is provider, he is everything that we need. And actually, I will still praise you. It's a song between us and him. And I thought about this when it comes to like marriages or when you're about to, you, you're going to date somebody. And I think about it and like, actually, 
that is those moments when you get to know the person that you want to marry so well. And you go on many dates and you begin to be open and vulnerable. There's some sore spots, there's some hurt, there's things that happen, but it ends up in the truth that I still love that person and want to spend the rest of my life with them. And that's what Psalms are. It's songs between us and God when we have those vulnerable moments ending in the truth that I still love God and I want everything of my life to be in His hands because I can trust Him. When I think of hymns, maybe it's a new school hymn, but um, Jerry did lead us in it this morning, but I think of how great is our God. I think of I exalt thee. I think of amazing grace. I think of all of those songs. We actually, it's ones we sing corporately to remind each other who God is. That actually, this is who he is. We exalt him. This is him in his full glory, his full splendor. And when I thought about that, I thought about trust. We need to trust our community and we need to trust those that are leading us. Not because they are good, not because of anything that they've done that's spectacular, but because they serve a good God that can also be trusted and they've walked a walk that includes that good God coming through in so many different seasons. So when Jerry stands up here and he leads worship, I trust him wholeheartedly because I've walked with him and I know the journeys he's been through. I know the hurt, I know the pain, I know the suffering. So when he sings, how great is our God, he's not singing of a place of these are the words that's on the sheet so I have to sing it. He's singing of a place of trusting, God, you are great because I've seen it. So I can trust the man leading up there because actually he's walked that journey of how great is our God. You are worthy. Everything that he sings, he knows his truth. So I can trust him. And um, I shared with the worship team a couple times, this is my understanding of what we as, I've pushed it to the worship team, of what us as worship team and maybe even us as a congregation need to do. And I had this picture of, Moses, and as Joshua is fighting the Amalekites in Exodus, Moses standing on the hill worshiping with his arms raised, and he started getting tired. And Aaron and Miriam came on either side and began to hold up his hand so he can continue worshiping so that Joshua, Jehovah saves, could defeat the Amalekites. And I thought about that picture, and I thought, actually, the worship team is here, and we are here to worship so we can hold up the arms of those who have grown weary in this walk so that Jesus, who saves, can overcome their battles. That is why we worship. Because there's sometimes people in your own congregation who are not going to have the strength to sing the songs that's on, this, on the words here. And they're relying on the strength of us to carry them, to help them, to make them realize this is who God is. He is great. He is kind. He is my helper. He is my healer. He is the author. He is the maker. That's who he is. And as we begin to hear those words, we begin to realize, actually, that truth begins to come in again, that yet still will I praise you, God. That's why we worship. Songs of the Spirit. This was a, quite a cool one for me. I, I was listening to a preach the other day. I think it was a Bethel panel that was happening. And um, I, I can't say um, that this is confirmed. It was what they were saying. I tried to go and research it. I couldn't find anything that relately offered this as a history thing, but songs of the spirit, the word song in Greek is oday, and that's where we actually get the word ode from, and um, what these guys were saying was that actually ode, back in the day when kings needed their subjects to know news of the kingdom, they would send somebody to say an ode, which was news of the kingdom for the subjects, and I thought about that, and I thought about songs of the spirit, 
worship. We need to worship God in every area of our lives because there are people that need to know what the news of the kingdom is. We need to start telling people about our king. We need to start telling people of the goodness of God, the greatness of God. And that comes through our worship. And again, break that mindset, not singing songs, but our worship. Every aspect of our worship, even like I think Mark mentioned this past week, there's a lot of stuff that's happening this week, but he mentioned actually, why can't we be the ones that walk into board meetings and change the whole outlay of what's going to happen because we heard Jesus tell us something and it takes our companies to the next level? Why can't we be the ones that go to next parent-teacher meetings and prophesy over the teachers that break something over their lives that begins to lead kids to Jesus because we are telling them of the news of the kingdom? That is what worship is about. It's the king being worshipped. I always remember this this quote by Rick Warren. He wrote um, Purpose Driven Life. And uh, I was watching him speak on the book, and he said this statement. He said, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is where the king rules. And when I think about that, where does the king rule in my life, and what becomes his kingdom? So if I'm in my family's life, if the king rules in my family's life, that becomes his kingdom. And anything that happens in his kingdom will happen in my family. Where I go to work, if the king rules in my workspace, that becomes his kingdom. And anything that he happens in the kingdom will happen in my workspace. When I go to school, if the king rules in that school, that becomes his kingdom. And everything that happens in that school will be of kingdom value because that's where the king rules. And that's the thing for me. I just, I love Jesus. I love God. He's amazing. I've, I can't share all of the stories today, but like, oh, we don't understand what our worship does for kingdom reality. And there's sometimes I think that we, we hold back. And we don't need to hold back. There's a statement somebody's made once about God, and they said, Trying to defend God is like trying to defend a lion. He doesn't need your help. Just let him out of the cage. And I think sometimes we hold back with the kingdom of God. And we need to start letting the lion out of the cage. In our workspaces, in our family spaces, in our finances, in our marriages, we need to start letting the lion out of the cage. And we need to start bringing the king back into our relationships, our workspaces, our families. Let his kingdom reign again. The, the thing that's really cool about this Colossians verse is it starts with love. Everything that we do needs to be out of love. It actually says, bind everything together with love. God is love and he lives inside of us and it would be futile to think that we can enter into any place of worship without that love. And I know with everything in my heart, no matter what goes on, that God loves me 100%. Unconditionally, he loves me. And it's because of that love that I get to worship. Not because of anything I've done, because if it is anything that I have to do, like I promise you guys, if you had to see like be a fly on the wall sometimes in my life, wow, it would be scary, even for me. 
But because of his love, I get to stand and worship. And because of his love, his presence comes through. And the one thing that I'm so grateful for is I know that it's nothing to do with me, that his presence is so tangible when we lead worship. It's everything to do with him. I'm just the broken vessel that he comes through. And actually, it's everything to do with him. And he will engage his people. And his people will experience him. Because he is good. He is kind. And he wants our hearts. And because he wants our hearts, he will do anything to get our hearts, even use a broken person like me, to usher in his presence. So that you guys can experience who he is. And this verse ends with gratefulness. And I think that's, that's even where I want to end, is how grateful I am for the experiences I've had here, for the times of worship that I've seen. Even here at Millington, like, uh, you guys may not know this, and I'm going to say it anyways, but um, our worship leaders love leading worship here. They really do. Because most of our worship leaders, it's so easy to lead worship at Millington. Because before you even hit a chord, everyone starts worshiping. And it's incredible, and it's great. And it's a grateful heart that Kenny and I get to leave knowing, flip, these guys are powerful and they've got something going and it doesn't matter who comes and leads worship or not. Because God is still kind and he will still be worshiped and we get to encounter him daily and we get to join in with the voices that are being raised daily of who he is and how great he is. He will still be worshiped. And we get to be part of that. We get to enjoy. We get to come together with a whole bunch of people who love Jesus and worship together. And it's with a grateful heart that we get to do that. So I want to encourage you guys, keep worshiping, keep pushing, and keep being the vessels that we need to be for His presence to come through. Is that cool? Can I, uh, sorry, man, I just, um, Aiden and Leanne, you guys are a powerful couple, powerful, and you haven't realized the power yet. What you have released and what you have experienced is the tip of the iceberg, and I feel like God is going to release the faucet over your lives of the prophetic. And it's going to open something in this congregation. And everywhere that you go, you're going to impact people's lives without you even knowing. And maybe, I don't know if you guys do this or not yet, but I really feel there needs to be a partnering with you guys and, 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 and Gabe and Fee, whether it's you guys praying for them every week, giving a word for them every week. But I almost feel like you guys are going to be the catalyst for them for something to happen here. And y- yeah, you guys are super powerful. Yeah. Yeah, okay.